let's go out to the hotline and talk to a guy who's been uh, covering really one of the best stories of the year in Florida. One that really didn't get everything it deserved, but still lives on and will be a monumental uh, thing for sports in the state of Florida. UCF, a team that had been winless two seasons ago, converting it, going undefeated, uh, and Scott Frost uh, joyously celebrating the conference championship now and then leaving to go to uh, to Nebraska. But first, he's got more games to play against a team called Auburn. Uh, Mark Daniels, who does the beat of sports in Orlando, has uh, agreed to come back on the show with us again, and it's good to hear from you, Mark. And, and you, tell me about what your thoughts are now. We talked about this possibly happening. Uh, it was quite a story. Uh, I heard you talking about it some. In the end, did it turn out like you thought it would? Well, first of all, uh, thanks, buddy, for the invite back and pardon the voice. Uh, lost it on the interception last play Saturday and then a basketball game in Alabama mm. Sunday, so it gave me a few days to get it back. But, um, you know, uh, it's one of those things, buddy, where if somebody said Scott Frost is going to leave UCF after two years to go to Nebraska, you would have said, well, that makes sense. But what I do know is um, last Monday when I had the great fortune after Scott's weekly press conference, it was myself and Pat Clark from WESH down here in Orlando happened to be standing outside. And Scott was in a golf cart, and we were just having a conversation. And I think the pressure had really gotten to Scott. I think um, he, he was torn, and he opened up, and he discussed a lot of things. And he even said a couple of times, I don't even know why I'm telling you all the details of this, but he opened up about everything. He opened up about the offers that he turned down. He opened up about the process of, uh, of Nebraska coming after him. And I believe this because I know Scott, that on Monday afternoon he was torn, that I think he had mentally uh, accepted he was going to take the job at Nebraska. But I think by Monday afternoon he really didn't know. And then it turns out that a phone call from Dr. Tom Osborne Monday night, uh, in which Tom said he never told Scott what to do one way or the other, but conversation for Scott and reaffirmed that he was going to take the Nebraska job and he believed that on Tuesday and when I saw him this past Friday uh, for our, our, our pregame interview he was at a different place I could tell that he had mentally accepted that he was going to go to Nebraska well then buddy you play a game like UCF did on Saturday with Ventress and just imagine what the emotions are like and I remember as we're covering the postgame celebration and there's you know, Pack Stadium, there's kids in the field that are crying, there's coaches and everybody. Everybody knew that the moment that celebration ended going back in the locker room, what it meant. And um, just think of what that last hour was like, the dramatics of a double overtime game, the celebration of a conference championship in a regular season unbeaten and 12-0 and in a New Year's Six Bowl game, and then knowing that when you went in that locker room, once the celebration died down, a football coach was going to tell you that he was leaving. It's tough. You know, we... We love this game. We follow it because the kids give us great memories. But uh, a lot of 18- and 22-year-old young men went through an emotional roller coaster on Saturday. And in the end, he obviously did what he had to do, and he would be crazy not to do it that way. Let's talk one more time about this season, the way this thing came out. What a terrific football game you called. Maybe as good a game as I've seen in years to, uh, to, to wind up uh, like they did in a crazy shootout format. And I had new respect for Memphis, by the way, after that game. And just kept fighting back and fighting back and fighting back. It was a fun game. And as I said in my tweet, by the way, Gator fans, those were called touchdowns. <laughs> 
Well, buddy, I, I've never seen the last eight-plus quarters, and I've done 279 straight UCF football games. I've never seen eight quarters like that. I've never. The dramatic of the USF game, the ups and downs, the, 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 the talent and speed on the field, and then the kick return by UCF puts them up by a touchdown, and the USF gets the ball in their midfield, then it takes a turnover to preserve the win. Do you have anything left in the tank to come back the next week against a Memphis team that after they lost to UCF had scored more points than anybody in the country and came in and, and the back and forth UCF is trailing. UCF's up 14. Memphis ties the game. You get an overtime. UCF scores and then gets an interception. I've never seen anything like that over the course of eight weeks. And I maintain this and I'm biased because of some of its broadcast games in this league. If you peel the logos off those three teams of UCF, USF, and Memphis and you told people – you don't know who they are. People would think they're as good as anybody else in the country. Those three teams, buddy, can play with most teams in the top 25. They're not going to beat Alabama four to five times. Nobody does. But there's plenty of teams in the top 25 that those three teams in the American would easily compete with on a week-to-week basis. Yeah. Tell me about Josh Seifel. I know his background. I know he was a Heisman candidate. He played at Oklahoma. I know that he he, he's, he's, he lit up Missouri's uh, – scoreboard to last year especially last year and a half uh it was a surprise choice but i'll be honest with you i don't i didn't study josh eiffel i just know his background and his numbers tell me your thoughts about him well uh athletic director danny white surprised people two years ago there wasn't a single person that had scott frost linked as a potential uh, name for ucf and danny hired scott we learned that scott had turned down a couple of power five jobs to take the job at UCF, and we saw the results. I don't know if Josh Hype will duplicate that, but um, it's a little bit of a similar hire. Danny White looks for high IQ individuals that are very specific about their game plan, everything that they want to do from not just a game plan for a football game, but how you run your program, your meetings, your practices, the personnel you want to hire. And Josh obviously has an offensive background, as you mentioned, at Missouri, number one offense in the SEC. And, buddy, that win streak, which was six games, they averaged 51 points a game. They ran over 100 plays against Arkansas, ran more than 80-plus plays against Tennessee and, and, and Vanderbilt. So he wants to go, go, go. And clearly the, you know, the, 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 the offense is not the same as Scott Frost, but the concept is there to play a high tempo. By design, Josh Heifel was looking for someone to run his defense. And obviously Gator fans know Randy Shannon. The state knows Randy Shannon very well. I think that's a home run hire for UCF. Randy recruited a number of kids that play for UCF right now. There's not a high school in the state that he can't walk into from a recruiting standpoint, and there's a ton of kids that come back on defense. So I met Josh briefly yesterday in an interview we did. Um, I think he was kind of overwhelmed by everything. I think he's very excited uh, for the opportunity. It's very unique, though, buddy. You don't you don't take over 12 and 0 team. You take over six and six. You take over three and nine. You don't take over 12 and 0. And it's a very interesting next couple of weeks. I don't know if Scott Frost is going to coach this bowl game. I don't know how UCF puts the staff together in the next couple of weeks. Scott Frost's staff is wearing red across the country recruiting kids. I don't know if you can have them walk back here next week to begin practice. And yet Josh Heupel is trying to figure out a staff himself, and that staff can't coach this team. So for what is the biggest game, arguably for UCF in their history from a branding standpoint, a chance to win. I mean, they won a BCS game four years ago, but to win and keep this momentum going to get yourself ranked high next year, it'll be a very interesting couple of weeks to see how this comes together. I know you uh, call the UCF games, and obviously you've, you've been very close to the program in the last 10 or 12 years, uh, but you're also with the School of the University of Florida. You have ties there. Uh, it's been an interesting year in coaching changes, that's for sure. 
we're having a poll question today about which school did the best in terms of hiring the best coach. Naturally, we're going to have more Gator fans respond. But if you look at this and you've got first Dan Mullen, then we have Willie Taggart. We had Joe. Actually, we, actually we, had, uh, uh, we had Josh Heifel. Then we had Willie Taggart. All three look to be good hires. Of those three, which was you said the better hire is? Well, 23 years at UCF, I've always got to pick UCF. But, you know, I, I think all three can be really good. And, and yet I've given up trying to, to, to know what's a home run hire because guys win. But you've seen this. Guys win press conferences, then can't coach a lick. Guys do horrible press conferences, then go out and coach really well. Whatever led to Ford eventually hiring Dan Mullen, I think the familiarity is a comfort factor for a lot of people, that he knows the campus, he knows the school, he knows the donors, he knows that stuff. Clearly he knows offense, and I think Gator fans feel a sense of relief that they have somebody that's connected to the family of the past. I think Willie Taggart's a phenomenal recruiter. I think he surrounded himself with you know uh, uh, some good staffs. He's also on his third job in 361 days. Mm-hmm. He's brought a, a team to four bowl games. He's missed three because he's changed jobs. And I don't think he's leaving Florida State uh, right now, but we'll see about that because of how bizarre that was. What I think has happened, buddy, and again, you've covered college football a long time as well. To some degree, everybody ought to be embarrassed what we've done to college football coaching searches and, and this carousel. I think that schools ought to be embarrassed because what they've done is, to me, they've eliminated – dozens of qualified candidates for a couple things. This early signing period, I think, is teaching us a lesson. And two, it's an image thing. I can't pay less than 5 or $6 million because I'm in the SEC and everybody else is paying that. Well, if you do that, you are shrinking your quality pool of candidates. And then we get caught up in this whole image thing. Why, you can't pay somebody in the SEC $3 million if you think he's going to be a good coach? you got to pay him 5 or 6 because it's the SEC. And there are quality coaches on the FCS level that are far better choices to be a head coach than guys that have been, what, a coordinator for two or three years in the SEC? That guy's never made a fourth-down decision to win a football game. That guy's never dealt with drug tests and academic issues and parents hanging around. But we skip over qualified guys because they don't fit an image. And then on top of that, we get played all the time by agents. And it's not a criticism of Willie Taggart. Jimmy Sexton played Texas A&M. Florida State and Oregon, they all three got played to get the maximum deal. Fisher with Texas A&M to get that deal. Willie Taggart represents Fisher. uh, uh, I mean, Sexton represents both of them. He played Oregon to make Oregon increase its offer. He went back to Florida State to make Florida State increase its offer. And in the end, Oregon, Oregon, and Phil Knight had a contract that allowed a coach to get out after one year with a payout that can be paid over 48 months. That's insane. And I think you'll see more athletic directors, and, and Danny Whitey, you said just did this, buddy. Josh Heupel, if he leaves before the bowl game in 2020, it's a $10 million buyout. Plus, he gets a, a, a percentage of season ticket increases and incentivizes him to sell himself and the program and to make somebody say, if you want Heupel before 2020, that's a lot of money. And I don't know why ADs don't do that. If I sign you, I expect you to stay. These guys that get after one year, that's ridiculous. Good stuff, as always, from Mark Daniels. Mark, uh, I know it's a fun ride for you. This uh, final bowl game is going to be a test, but i got to be saying, I, I'm rooting for UCF to finish it off and, and get them undefeated season. It'll be a great gift, uh, departing gift for, for Scott Frost, who deserves it. So thank you, and thanks to Scott Frost and for the, uh, the Knights for providing us some, some of the most interesting moments of the 19, uh, 2017 football season.
Sounds good, buddy. Thank you. Talk Thank to you again soon. Bye. All right, Daniels. All right, there you go.